Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in hour number three, Wednesday edition, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton. And when you do, you will be able to have access to the entire Clay Travis, Buck Sexton network, including our friend Tudor Dixon's uh, podcast that she is doing, which is being uh, wildly successful. Also, Carol Markowitz, Lisa Booth, Sean Parnell, more and more great content for all of you. Uh, And we appreciate all of you hanging out with us. And speaking of hanging out with us, we are joined now by Tudor Dixon of the Tudor Dixon podcast, which is killing it. Uh, Tudor, let's dive right in. Michigan primary was yesterday. Buck and I have talked about it a great deal. What stood out to you as someone who knows the politics, knows the nuance of Michigan, of the data from the Republican and the Democrat primaries? What's the story? What should we be thinking basically eight months from Election Day? Well, on the Republican side, some key counties went big for Trump, and that was something that we didn't see in 2022. Macomb County came out big for Trump. We saw Oakland County coming out. They're split with Democrats and Republicans, but still big for Trump. It looks like a lot of those voters who didn't come out in 2022 are back. They're engaged. We had good numbers for a primary. But on the Democrat side, I think the most interesting thing that we saw was, of course, the uncommitted voters. We know that the uncommitted campaign was being put on by Rashida Tlaib and her sister. They were very actively telling people not to vote for Joe Biden. What I don't think that Gretchen Whitmer and Joe Biden anticipated was the impact that would have on college campuses. So that, to me, is very interesting. They've created this narrative on college campuses. And now how are they going to pull that back if they don't have something else to hook those young people in with? They may have a problem on college campuses in Michigan come November. Hey, Tudor Buck here. Thanks for being with us. Uh, can you give us uh, something of a battlefield overview for how it looks going into uh, the 2024 election in Michigan when you are looking at things like 
uh, party party registration, early vote, turnout mechanisms. I mean, just give us a sense of how the teams stack up right now, GOP versus Democrat in Michigan at this point in time. Well, obviously, I mean, if you're listening, if you're paying attention at all to what's happening in Michigan, we have had some problems in our party here in the state of Michigan. Just yesterday, a judge actually ruled on that because we had a party chair who was overthrown by delegates, some delegates um, in January, and then the other delegates that were supporting that party chair said, no, she wasn't overthrown. This was an illegal meeting. Then the new, the, the other side actually voted in a new chair. And so for for a while, we actually had two chairs and it was very confusing because there is a caucus this weekend. So for people who also don't understand in Michigan, we normally have a primary, but this year we're having a primary and a caucus because the Democrats moved the primary up. The RNC agreed that we could have a primary, give out some delegates primary day. A caucus will have the rest of the delegates will be awarded to the presidential candidate. However, we were having one in in Detroit and now the new chair is having one in Grand Rapids. So there was a concern, oh gosh, we're going to have half the delegates in Detroit, half of them in Grand Rapids. Yesterday, a judge ruled on that and said, no, the new chair stays. Old chair has to give up control, has to give all of the social media back. So that is obviously still a, a division in the state. Still those, those delegates that were supporting the old chair are unhappy. We need to bring our party back together. Democrats think they have an advantage there. They don't have that issue. They have an organized party. They have a good ground game. They have a lot of grassroots activists. They have good control on college campuses. They are definitely, at this point, organized well. Republicans will get there, though. Okay, so if you were predicting right now, um, do you think that if the election had been last yesterday that Donald Trump would beat Joe Biden in Michigan. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think there are people out there right now who are saying, no, he this this Arab American vote in Michigan is not that important, but it absolutely is. In years past, they've been the ones that are like, this is what pushed us over and this is why we won. And there is truly a divide there. It's not to be taken lightly. It's not to be celebrated or or not taken seriously, it is a true divide in the Democrat Party. But like I said, that goes beyond just the Arab Americans in the state of Michigan. You now have this situation on university campuses. So Michigan State, University of Michigan, they don't know how to bring those voters back and they don't know how to control Rashida Tlaib because having Rashida Tlaib, who is a well-respected voice in the state of Michigan, in fact, there was a time when Gretchen Whitmer was out there campaigning with her and saying what an amazing person Rashida Tlaib is. Now she's got her speaking against her. This is a real problem for them because people will follow Rashida. I don't suspect that Rashida is going to suddenly be like, you know what, we're going to give this whole ceasefire thing up for the general. I think she's going to stick with it. I don't think Joe Biden can actually give in to the, the mob here and say he's going to throw away an ally in the Middle East, our only ally in the Middle East. He's not going to Hopefully, I wouldn't think that he would make the mistake of going against the policy with Israel right now. So it's a very sticky wicket for Democrats. And I think that is where 
Donald Trump has an advantage, but also with auto workers because they've seen their jobs leaving. They hear Donald Trump coming in and saying, I'm going to bring your jobs back. They know it happened in 2016. If you talk to people, they'll tell you, we moved out of the state. When Donald Trump was elected, we moved back in our, and we thrived in the auto industry, but we're afraid because right now all of these policies that Joe Biden has and Gretchen Whitmer has are anti automotive. They're, they're pro EV. That's not the future for automotive. You see that Ford has already come out and said, nah, this is not really great for us. We've seen people across the state of Michigan, their cars are dying in the winter. This is not a good look. Even Sean Fain came out and said, he's the president of the UAW. We're going to take our members money and endorse Joe Biden but we're going to actually see our members go out and vote for someone else. Well, who else are they going to vote for? They're going to vote for Donald Trump. So absolutely, I believe if the general election was run yesterday in the state of Michigan, Donald Trump would have prevailed. There would have been no Nikki Haley in the race. Those votes would have gone to him, and Joe Biden would have had a poor showing. Tudor, you mentioned Oakland County, and I want to just ask you, because you know the state well, um, my wife, born and raised basically in Oakland County. We got married in Birmingham. Uh, it's north of Detroit, which is Wayne County. Is Oakland County, in your mind, the number one bellwether county if you had to pick one to look at and try to assess how Trump Biden is looking going forward? In other words, if you, we know as you move further north in Michigan, it gets redder. But Oakland County, highly educated suburban county, a lot of white population, a lot of Jewish, uh, some diversity, also Arab voters. Is that the number one county you would look to to determine how this election is going to go? Well, you're going to watch two, actually. You're going to watch Oakland, which is a, a suburb of Detroit area, kind of. And you're going to watch Kent, which is Grand Rapids. So say, similar situation. You've got to watch both sides of the state. If you look at Oakland County, it's a very interesting situation that we're seeing in Oakland County right now. And that's going to be hard for Democrats because they came in and took over Oakland County with the marijuana vote. And then they came over and they took over Oakland County with the abortion vote. But those two things are now enshrined in law. So now they don't have those. They're trying to pull back abortion and say, oh, no, actually, it could still be an issue. They're not going to be able to win on that. It is fully protected in the state of Michigan. And we all know that Republicans are going to have to come out and say, hey, look, this is not going to be there's not going to be something federal happen because there's not going to be 60 senators that are going to say, hey, yeah, we're going to put a ban in place on abortion. Abortion is safe in the state of Michigan. Now Democrats have a problem with both Oakland and Kent because they could lose women. Women are the ones that are out there packing the lunches every day. Women are the ones driving kids to school and going off to work. They're getting gas. They're getting more gas than their husbands oftentimes because they're then also transporting them back and forth from sports. They're also buying the groceries and they're seeing a massive increase. I had a woman just before Christmas say to me, who was not a Republican, by the way, say to me, I can tell it's almost election time. And she was sheepish about it. I said, what do you mean? And she said, I can't afford the Christmas gifts I could afford last year. And I think it's time for a new president. That is a shocking admission from a woman in Michigan who is not a Republican. That's going to change the game on the ground here. Tudor, if you were to advise Donald Trump on how to win back or win as many female voters as possible in Michigan, which I'm sure would be applicable for some of the other battleground states too. Uh, what, what would you tell them? You have to tell these women that their communities are going to be safe. We have seen too much violence in Michigan communities, too many soft on crime 
prosecutors. We have a situation in our capital city that is out of control, and that is that can be directly linked to the shooting that we saw on Michigan State's campus. Your kids, when they go to school, they're going to be safe. Your kids, when they go to college, they're going to be safe. Your kids, when they're walking through the neighborhood, they're going to be safe. And we're not going to let a bunch of illegal immigrants come in and bring fentanyl into this state anymore or come into this state and harm people. That's the message that mothers want to hear. They want to hear that they matter, that their families are going to be safe. And there is no other, the Democrats have no opportunity whatsoever to tell women they're going to keep people safe. I mean, it's a basic of government. That is a basic function. When we think about how government should work, we're like, you know what? Police should keep us safe. Prosecutors should keep us safe. That is not basic to the Dem- to the Democrats. Why are Republicans not out there telling people we just want to keep you safe? That's what we think government is. It's a fantastic question, Tudor. What do you have coming up for people who haven't sampled the podcast yet? What are they missing? What will they hear? Well, you should check out today. We have a great guy on. I've been talking a lot about the concerns I have about the amount of people that are on pharmaceutical medications in this country, the amount of young people. And this Dr. Peter Bregan came on. He actually was a, a instrumental in the Columbine case in the, the woman. I, I know you all remember the case of the young woman who texted her boyfriend until he committed suicide. Some great insight into that story and what is happening to our kids that are put on all of these antidepressants and anti-anxiety drugs. We just had a study come out that said that after 2020, we saw an immense increase in 12 to 18 year old young women who were put on antidepressants and anti-anxiety drugs. And you'll hear Dr. Bregan talking about, well, that seems to coincide with an increase in suicides. What does that mean? You'll have to listen to find out, but some pretty interesting information about the pharmaceutical companies and what's going on there. You've got to tune in and listen. Tudor has four daughters. She's got her hands full. And I guarantee you, if you are a mom out there and you are listening to us, you will love her podcast. Tudor, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Tudor Dixon, part of the Clay Travis Buck Sexton Podcast Network. Go check her out. Go subscribe today. A lot of different junk supplements out there on the market, which is why we're telling you to try chalk. We were talking about this off air. The Chad mode that they have for chalk will give you an unbelievable boost of energy right as you roll into the gym maybe you're just waking up and you don't have the same vim vigor vitality you've had in the past maybe it's in the afternoon and you got a family and you're trying to find the energy to get the kids around to all the different events they have to go to and also get a workout in yourself so that the dad bod doesn't completely take over heck maybe you're looking around and you're trying to figure out why in the world have testosterone levels collapsed so much in this country over the last 20 or 30 or 40 years? Get hooked up right now with chalk. All natural supplements will replenish your testosterone up to 20% after three months' times. will also give you more energy to be able to take uh, account of your day and accomplish more than you otherwise would. Right now, they've got an incredible offer for February, about to come to the end of the month, where you can get a massive discount for the life of your subscription. Check it out. What do you have to lose? CHOQ.com is the website. Use my name, Clay, as the promo code. That's CHOQ.com. My name, Clay. Get hooked up today with chalk.
More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. We know that uh, Biden and Trump will be at the border, right? Biden's supposed to be at the border tomorrow, um, and and Trump will be at the border, and it's going to be quite a, a scene. A lot of folks have been heading down there recently from the media as well. All of a sudden, everyone's interested. Those of you who listen to us know that we've been talking about this issue pretty much every day or almost every day for going on, I don't know, as long as we've done the show, really, but certainly for the last six to eight months, I'd say, uh, because it is absolutely critical, and all of the indicators right now are that it will be essential for whoever plans to be the next president of the United States to get this issue correct uh, and, and to make the case to the American people. New York City Mayor Eric Adams says that New York City should modify sanctuary law. This is cut four. I wanted you to hear this one. 
those small numbers that are committing crimes, we need to modify the, uh, the sanctuary city law that if you commit a felony, a violent act, we should be able to turn you over to ICE and have you deported. It is a right to live in this city, and you should be, you should be not committing crimes in our city for doing so. Right now, we don't have the authority to do so. Okay, that last part is the part that everyone should be really having a moment with. Right now, if you're a violent felon in New York who's an illegal, the mayor of New York City is saying he lacks the authority to turn them over to ICE for deportation. This is this is crazy. Yeah, also, that's because Democrats passed the law. So I, it's important. I was just looking. Um, the, the data keeps coming out about how immigration is the number one issue right now in America. Gallup poll came out, I think, Monday. Uh, saying that, I was just looking, I just shared this on Twitter, reading some of the data, Buck. There's now a massive majority of Americans that believe that the United States uh, military should be used to deport illegals. And some of you are saying, yeah, I, I agree with that. I get it. But the politics on this, Buck, do you support or oppose using military troops to arrest and deport people in the U.S. illegally, support 56%, oppose 31. That's a plus 25 issue. Even Biden voters, 32% of them support it. And listen to these numbers, Buck. Independents support that 52 to 29. White voters support it 60 to 30, 29. Black voters support it 48 to 29. Even Hispanic voters. Support it. 45 to 43. The politics on this has moved more substantially in the direction of Donald Trump, Buck. I can't remember an issue that has moved more than build the wall and deport illegals. This would have been not in favor of him at all as recently as, what, three or four years ago? It's gotten so bad that all the numbers are moving in his direction. And it's just amazing to watch, not surprising, but still maybe galling is the right word. This all happened because of decisions that Democrats like Joe Biden and even Eric Adams earlier in his administration in New York City made. And now they act like this is just a thing. It's like it's like a hurricane hit or, a, uh, you know, an earthquake. Oh, my gosh, we have a problem at the border. We have a problem at the border because of lawless Democrats. We'll get into more of this coming up here in a second. If your cell phone needs replacing, Pure Talk has a brand new Samsung 5G phone waiting for you. Switch your service to Pure Talk and receive the new Samsung 5G phone free. There's no gimmicks, no surprises, just a Samsung that's built to last with a quick charging battery and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just $35 a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you with the most dependable 5G network in America, for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average-sized family saves almost $1,000 a year using Pure Talk versus the other big cell phone providers you've heard of. You need to try Pure Talk. Make the switch today. To do it, just dial pound 250, say the keywords Clay and Buck, and claim your eligibility for a free, brand-new Samsung 5G smartphone. That's dial pound 250 from your phone. Say Clay and Buck. Switch to Pure Talk.
one thing that Democrats do that's better than Republicans is they refuse to address issues of the narrative that call into question any of their own worldview. Whereas Republicans are always apologizing and allowing Democrats, it seems to me, to set the parameters of debate. Democrats just ignore anything that doesn't fit their narrative and claim that they aren't actually issues. And I bring that up because Joe Biden just had an availability buck where he was going to talk about crime reduction and what a huge priority it is for him. And I want to play this cut for you. He did not mention Lake and Riley or the situation in Athens or the illegal immigrants pouring into our country who are committing violent crimes at all. Most of his base is not going to care because he's refusing to address the narrative. But I want to play Sandra Smith reacting to it on Fox News for you as well. But first, Biden saying crime is one of his top priorities, reducing it and not mentioning the number one crime story that is being discussed across the country right now. The Lake and Riley incident. Here's cut 28. As president, public safety, public safety and crime reduction is a top priority for my administration and for me. And it has been for a long time back when I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee. We know being in law enforcement is harder than ever. But uh, and we expect you to be everything to everybody. That's why we've invested in more crisis responders who work alongside police officers, as Chief said, mental health and social workers who respond to nonviolent crimes as well. And finally, my plan goes after the scourge of gun violence in America. We're going to finish the job. We're going to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines next time around because it has to be done. All right, that is Biden. Doesn't mention Lake and Riley at all. To her credit, Sandra Smith on Fox News, and we've been hammering this too, Biden put out one short statement, basically has not, to my knowledge, Buck, ever mentioned her name himself. It'll be, hopefully, he'll take some questions and the media will press him on this tomorrow because you would think being down on the border in Texas it would be impossible to not address this. Here's Sandra Smith on Fox News going off right afterwards. The president wraps his remarks on crime without a single mention of the growing immigrant crime crisis happening in this country right now. Not a mention of Lake and Riley, 22 years old, who was just violently killed on her college campus in Georgia. Not a mention of the, the minor who was just brutally assaulted in Virginia by as someone here illegally that is certainly part of the crime crisis that he was attempting to address I think that speaks directly to it tomorrow is going to be an odd day buck because we're going to have Donald Trump in Texas at the border and Joe Biden in Texas at the border basically telling competing stories in some way about what must be done to provide security in the United States at a time when Americans are overwhelmingly saying the issue that they care about the most is what's happening at the southern border. And that's not just us talking about it on this show. That's what Gallup reflects, the YouGov data that I just shared about how many Americans would support United States troops being used to deport illegals who should not be here. And I would hope that Biden is going to be held accountable for Lake and Riley, much like we just played the audio to start the show earlier of what happened in Athens when the Democrat mayor of Athens who made Athens a sanctuary city tried to shift the blame to Republicans and Donald Trump. Frankly, the constituents weren't having it.
the only way there's accountability for Biden or any of these Democrats is if they lose their elections and they're no longer in power. Um, they won't ever admit that their policies have been disastrous for the country. I think one thing that can be hard to get uh, one's mind wrapped around is that Democrats generally don't believe that this is disastrous for the country. Uh, they think that bringing in millions of uh, people from the third world um, who have no allegiance to America, no cultural, historical, uh, or, or, you know, shared bonds with America as a nation. They just show up here because there's free stuff and the economy's good and we're a rich country. Um, that that will make this a better country. They actually deep down do all believe that. Um, and, and they will also argue on the one hand that Americans should be, you know, having fewer kids because of climate change. And don't worry. Just bring in more illegals from all over the world, right? That'll make up for the population shortfall that we'll be facing because we can't have a big carbon footprint from having too many kids. I mean, it's all madness, but they're upset, Clay, because they've been caught in a sense. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're yeah. not really bothered by the millions of illegals in the country. Joe Biden, well, Biden is just a Bidenist. He doesn't really think about anything other than what's good for him. But the ideological... um foundations of the democrat party are rooted in at this point or 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 are deeply invested in open borders and changing the demographics of this country from americans to people from all over the world and they view that as a thing that is good in the long run right so it's like they're right now pretending oh gosh it would be like after defunding the police when they were saying oh we don't want to defund the police well, yeah, that's just because everyone now is getting shot and terrible things are happening. But you still think that the police are racist and systemically problematic. And, you know, we should have a society where the laws are no longer enforced because of the disparate impact on minority communities, et cetera, et cetera. Ideologically, Democrats actually want an open border. That, that's my my actual um, feeling about all this. And that right now they're just pivoting. Obama did this, too. In 2012, they were calling Obama the deporter in chief. And all of a sudden, it was Obama's tough on the border. It was all a lie. As soon as he won re-election, he moved, and some Republicans went along with it, the Gang of Eight bill, he moved to amnesty. The however many millions were illegally in the country at that point. So, you know what I mean? It's it's a head fake. The whole thing is fake. They don't want this to stop. And the challenge is, they've unleashed hell. And the moment that anything tries to be adjusted to fix what they have created they're going to scream bloody murder. I just, this is where we're headed. If Trump wins and begins to deport massive amounts of illegals, AOC is going to show up in her all-white outfit crying at the chain-link fence again, and the media is going to immediately pivot to how draconian Donald Trump's response is to the crisis that was created by Democrats. Again, I I think the numbers matter here. We're talking about millions of people, at least 8 million, that have illegally entered since Joe Biden became president, that is more than ever, I believe, came in in a decade from it through Ellis Island. When you think about the history... And, and that was legal, right? Yes, I, I don't, I don't I, even I like the comparison because I think it does what they do where they conflate legal and illegal immigration. But to your point, even if we're just looking at the scope and the, the pace of change... Numbers. Yeah. We're talking about, in the space of four years, what it took decades to come through Ellis Island. 
So the transformative nature of what they're trying to do, and again, when you're saying, okay, you got an asylum hearing in six years, these people are not leaving. They're never going to leave. And it's important to note, too, Buck, where they're coming from. It's one thing when it's Mexico, because you could make the argument, hey, people come across the border, they do a seasonal job, they go back home, their families are primarily located in Mexico. This is a transient uh, workforce that is going back and forth, but Mexico is their primary home. They come here for a short term to make money, and then they go back home. Almost everyone coming in now, Buck, is never going to be able to afford to get back to the country from which they came. And many of them are not even coming from this continent now. They are arriving from Europe and Africa and Asia, tens of thousands of them, and walking right across our border. And as soon as they have kids, guess what happens? They never leave because they'll have kids who are American citizens. I've been screaming about this scam now for, I don't know, six years, since it really, 2018, 2019, since the whole asylum loophole was being abused in this way. And it, it has gotten to the point now where it is a true flood and it is overwhelming the system. It is intentionally overwhelming the system. This isn't just something that happened, and it's not going to change anytime soon. The only way to turn this around is not just securing the border, but with more deportations than we have seen in this country in decades. Otherwise, we might as well just give up on, on trying to have any kind of a border because more and more people will continue to come in under the knowledge that they won't be sent away. Because there's always, you could always overstay visas. I mean, there's so many ways to game the system. If you, once you get here, you're, you know, you have two feet on U.S. soil, your, your chance of being sent away, unless you, you know, rape, murder, or, you know, armed robbery or something, unless you have something really a heinous crime. And even then, they don't necessarily deport these people. Um, it, it never stops because the incentives, as we've discussed, are the same. And, and this is why it's very frustrating right now because the entire Democrat position that Joe Biden's taking going to the border they knew this would happen. They wanted this to happen. They made this happen. And now they're pretending like they want to stop it. But they don't want to stop it. They're just lying. I think that Athens mayor, honestly, as ridiculous as the audio we played for you, I need to play it tomorrow as well. It's illuminating because they immediately shift the story into somebody else's to blame for the consequences of the actions that they have unleashed. And they lie and they don't really get called out about it very much. Look, my home state, Tennessee, uh, I absolutely love it here. And there is a fabulous company located here, among others, Legacy Box. They provide the easiest, safest way to digitally transfer all your family's memories from videotape to digital files. And they've done it for a million and a half families already. They've got the tech. You send in the original, home movies, photos, films. They transfer it all to digital files. And then you'll be able to share it just like you would a text message, just like you would a current photo that's taken or a current video that's taken on your phone. You can bring in your old school media to them and they'll bring it back to life with Legacy Box. You send them those old VHS tapes, camcorder cassettes, film reels, pictures, you name it, slides. Legacy Box will digitize all that for you and return everything along with brand new digital files you can watch, share, post, hold on to forever. Again, a million and a half families, including Buck and myself, have already benefited from Legacy Box. Both of us have relied on them, Legacy Box, to digitally transfer our family memories preserved forever for our families to be able to share. We love the results. You'll love it, too. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Clay right now, and you'll get 50% off. That is LegacyBox.com slash Clay. 50% off regular prices. Do it today.
More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Testimony still underway in the Nathan Wade, Fannie Willis case. Uh, which we will probably be discussing some tomorrow uh, as there may be some fallout that arises there. Uh, I wanted to play this audio clip, Buck, because you referenced it earlier. This is from Katie Porter, who is running against Adam Schiff. Talk about an awful uh, Sophie's Choice uh, scenario there for anyone in California. Uh, Steve Garvey, former baseball star, is running as the Republican. Hopefully he can make the runoff because of the jungle primary situation they have. They just take the top two. But Katie Porter went on, I believe this is CNN. If it's not CNN, it's MSNBC, and said when she was asked about Lake and Riley, 
well, we can't just take one story and change anything. You referenced this, Buck, but let's listen to Katie Porter. I think when a horrible tragedy like, like this happens, I think whenever we're dealing with violent crime, there is a sense of outrage, of sadness, and of loss. But I think the important thing to focus on is any one instance shouldn't shape our overall immigration policy. Okay, mm-hmm. so if she had said this about George Floyd... She yeah. would have gotten forced out of Congress. Well, I hope we keep this audio handy because the next time that there is a um, a career criminal uh, African-American uh, who is involved in a fatal shooting with law enforcement, whether it's Mike Brown, criminal, or George Floyd, criminal, and we say this isn't representative of law enforcement on the whole at all. It's, in fact, quite rare it's a lightning strike situation not a daily reality situation and they say that's systemic racism play this for them we'll just we'll remind them of where they want to talk about statistics and where they want to talk about emotions uh it's one one of the primary tools of delusion and misdirection that the left uses quite honestly is this well this is where defund the police came right one one viral video comes out and as a result this is not an exaggeration as a result of the response to george floyd there are thousands of people who would otherwise be alive that are now dead because police haven't been allowed to do their jobs and because the murder rate has skyrocketed. Yes, um, that is all true. And uh, there's no, just as there's no accountability for all they got wrong on COVID, there's no accountability for all these people who were marching. I mean, remember, they, they COVID rules no longer applied in the height of the pandemic to anything that was about the sanctity of George Floyd's memory and the riots and the marches and the whatever, right? Then, then all of a sudden it was, well, this is, if we have to lose lives to a terrible virus because we need to stand up for George Floyd, it's okay. This is a mass delusion. It's a religious belief for imbeciles who don't understand religion in a good, a positive context. Um, and, and that's, I, all the results speak to exactly that. But the problem also with Katie Porter's logic here on it's just it's not just one case, actually. Uh, yes. If you were to look at the federal statistics for how many people are in prison who are illegals, it's actually pretty high. If you look at how many people die in you know drunk driving accidents caused by an illegal or any number of different crimes, you know, sexual assaults. And um, there's there's a a very, there's a common narrative that comes out of this, which is that. Yes, you're talking about 8 million people who have come into the country illegally over this year, but you don't have to have a very high percentage of them to have a lot of crime that comes from that 8 million that we would not have if they were not in the country. Particularly because the overwhelming number of people coming across the border are young men 16 to 40, which is the number one group that commits violent crime. 16 to 40-year-old men. It's not racist or sexist, certainly not sexist, to point out that men commit most violent crime. And so there are also, Buck, thousands of people, I believe, who die every year because of the influx of illegal immigrants that we have, as you mentioned, from drunk driving incidents, from violent crime, and it's mostly not talked about. I think that Lake and Riley's death is, for many people, a representative story that is hard to look away from. And that is why I think so many people on the left are trying to do what Katie Porter did, which is just dismiss it as a statistical anomaly, aberration, and trying to not treat it seriously. Tomorrow, we'll have the results. Michigan, go vote. See you then. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth.
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.